think that I might have accidentally kept, kicked somebody out of the chat room. I, my bad. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if you're still listening, refresh your page and the chat room should come back up. I, that was not intentional. Um, my bad. I was right-clicking on something else and I hit the chat screen and there was a little menu that popped up and I forgot I was a moderator. It happens. Shit happens. Um <clears throat> Anyways, anyways, um, I slept most of the day, and I'm wired, and hey, boo, I like your name. Welcome to the your first live show. <laughs> I, um, I don't, um... I don't got shit to talk about. I don't have a I don't have a theme or a topic or anything, which is why you know there's jack shit on the actual um, description because I really have literally nothing that um, came to mind. But I was just sitting here thinking, well, I can't write. I could, but I'm not really in the mood to. Um, that's some honesty for you. And um, I thought, well, you know what? I'll just um, do a podcast. But then I didn't actually have a topic for my podcast. My podcast. So sorry, Boo, your first live show, and there's actually no real topic. If anybody has any questions in the chat room, that would be great. Um, <laughs> hello. <coughs> I still don't have an idea for um, November. Um. And, um, I, you know, the thing is, is when I first saw it, when we first saw the idea, um, and created the challenge for November and set up the page on Rough Trade, I had all these ideas kind of percolating in my head, but then we went into July and I concentrated on Revenant and I lost, um, track of those ideas and now none of them are really appealing to me. Um, so I don't know quite what to do with that. Uh, um, I have some ideas, uh. And um, I really like Jilly's idea. I really like her idea. Um, so I was um, chatting with her about it last night, and um, that was a lot of fun, um, uh, thinking up things and, and doing that. But it really um, hasn't helped me. Hasn't helped me a lot at all. So uh, not her fault. I'm just, I don't know where I want to, my brain's all Swiss cheese still from last night. And I don't know where I want to go with it and, and what I want to do. Um, and uh, it's just, it's blah, 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 you know. Um, on another note, I might in the future stop using Blog Talk's chat room and start using the chat room on my website, which seems to be a little easier for people to use. I'm on the fence about it. I don't know. It will probably cause confusion because I can't actually turn the chat room off on Blog Talk, so people might get confused. I don't know. <clears throat> yes, and you can cuss there and post pornographic links with actual pictures. Um, yeah. Anyways, <coughs> no, please. Um, pornographic links in the chat are more confusing or uh, distracting. But more to the point, um, last like yesterday, last night, or. When you were posting them, every time you post one, I'd click on it, and the chat room would fucking freeze up on me. It was really, really, really frustrating. Really. Was it last week? Oh, yeah, because last night you had a life. Yeah. 
last night Lady Holder abandoned me and Jilly for um her husband. And like I said, it's a timeshare, so I do have to share her with her husband, um, and her family sometimes, her parents. God, God. They take up too much of her time. And then she has to go to work. It's just the shit I had to put up with. <laughs> I'm going to put her on the air. Yeah, you just caught me. I I had just finished laughing. Okay, so um, we went and saw uh, uh, Dark Tower last night. Was it good? I enjoyed it. Um, The husband enjoyed it. It was was very definitely a... um, it was a popcorn movie. They they probably stripped out tons of stuff that's in the book that I've never read um, that probably made it uh, give it more depth, but it was actually really good. Um, Matthew McConaughey is creepy as fuck in there, uh, and he does it so well. <laughs> and it just was great. It was great. It was a good movie for me. So Good. good. I I'm glad it. you enjoyed it. I, I don't read Stephen King, so I've never actually read the book mm-hmm. either, so I don't know... Um, what kind of experience I would have with Dark Tower. Um, Stephen King, as a rule, gives me nightmares, just just his movies. And so um, I tend to avoid his horror movies, and I don't read his um, his, um, his work. Um, yeah, he's brilliant. He is. But oh, yeah. um, he creeps me out. He creeps me out. So I don't, I, don't, I, I don't go there. I was actually worried at the start of it that this was going to be one of those that was going to turn it from being relatively um, – suspenseful and weird just to straight over uh horror and i looked at my husband and i told him if he took he'd taken me to a horror movie i'd kill him um but no it it, <laughs> it wasn't bad okay it didn't trip any of the triggers for for gross um and it was actually kind of cool um one of the reasons i found it kind of cool is i was looking at at the landscape and trying to figure out where the hell they were uh, but it was it, I'm pretty sure everybody um, who's read the book is probably going to look at it and go, but they missed all these interesting things, which it's a book. But they they managed to make a movie, a Stephen King movie, that it's not a horror movie, and I think it's pretty cool. So we'll have to see how things go. Well, to be fair, there have been some Stephen I mean, you know, well – I don't. I, I'm. I assume they expected Maximum Overdrive to be a horror movie, but it wasn't. <laughs> Look, just about every every single um, Stephen King anything has has normally took my horror movie triggers. This one didn't. So yeah. Um. Isn't it I can more read fantasy than horror anyway? I mean, the book itself. But you haven't read the book, so you wouldn't know. Shawshank Redemption, no. really just weighed in, isn't um, isn't a horror movie. Didn't he do The Green Mile as well? Possibly, probably. Um, the thing is, though, I, I don't know about you, but I consider, you know, prison to be a horror because then there's <laughs> my reading's restricted, my internet's restricted, um, my, my ability yeah. to eat eat good things is restricted. Hell yes, that's a horror show. Um, my, my living partner would be um, uh, selected for me. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. Those are all quiet, quiet horrors. 
um, but not quite the yeah. same as say I don't know Leatherface with a machete. Um, this is this is true. Yeah, I, I will agree to that. It is a, is its whole. It has a whole. Uh, um, pause. I have nightmares. Okay. We can't talk. We, we can't talk about. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about it. I say it's its own special category of let's leave it alone. <laughs> so uh, how how could anything be worse? I don't understand. Oh. oh. <laughs> agreed. 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 All right, moving on. Um, Even as a writer, I, I would say misery is less worse than than it. Oh, God, that's the thing. And misery is uh, probably like shining example of reader entitlement that has ever... And you know what? <laughs> You're probably thinking to yourself, does Stephen King write misery because of reader entitlement? You bet your ass he did. Ah, uh, he probably did. How many fucking e- um, emails and letters and postcards and telegrams? <laughs> He's been around for a while. That his ass has gotten yeah. from entitled readers. Just think about it. That's. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, let's yeah. not discuss that. But I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed your date. Mm-hmm. It was quite nice. Uh, the thing about um, November, I haven't, I haven't thought of anything either. You know, um, I actually had to pull up my folder for November to figure out what was going on because I haven't listened to last night's show. I was a little busy today, and um, I don't even have a fucking folder for November. <laughs> I don't even have a notebook. Uh, my oh, wait here. I'm no, wait a right second. Now. I do. Shit, I do have something. I have Urban Fantasy, NCIS, Mixed Race Team, Gibbs is a Half Elf, Tony's a Werewolf, Kate's a Werecat, Tim's a Werepuppy, he's a Cocker Spaniel, <laughs> <laughs> Abby's a Mage, Ducky's a Priest, Mara's Human, and, and then I put, I need a mystery and I need a conflict. Shepard coming in, and then I put, with a question mark, and then I put Succubus. <laughs> yeah, that was a kernel of an idea. That's canon, though. <laughs> what, that she's a succubus? Yes. All of his ex-wives <laughs> and girlfriends are. Yeah. Well, wait a second. For now, Mary, I just made one, one of them. Now it says November 2017 on it. I have a notebook. I'm so proud of you. Okay. Yay. It's empty. Yay. It's empty. So, urban fantasy. <laughs> are, are we going to at least... Nudge at this thing? Uh, yeah. cool. yeah, that I have a whole dirty. bunch of links on urban fantasy. Um, and I've, I've read a whole bunch of articles, and I um, I know what the elements are. I just... Um, and I was talking to um, Julie last night about this, and I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the <laughs> podcast or not, um, but I'm pretty sure my fandom's going to be Stargate. Um um, mm-hmm. mostly because I'm still pissed off with the Harry Potter fandom and I don't want to write um, a work in progress on RT for Harry Potter because they'll harass me for fucking weeks and months and years after the fact if I don't finish it during the month and then post it within 30 days. Um, but I'm also already running through Stargate projects, you know, already. Right. And so I have a couple of options. I have NCIS. I have um, Criminal Minds. Um you haven't actively written NCIS. 
You've got that yeah. one teaser that you've done. You, um, yeah. You need to listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Are you holding out on me? Well, wait a second. What am I no, saying? No, 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 no. No. Both my ideas for NCIS involve Gibbs dying. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Remember, I pair Tony with mostly Ian at this point. I've got it one <laughs> with two with Gibbs. That's it. You know? Um, and I'll finish the ones that I have, Tony and Gibbs, but for the most part, it's not. <laughs> Apparently, I'm being told to get on the mothership. I don't watch Hawaii Five O. I, who does? Not anymore. Come on now. Just watch the first season on Netflix. You don't need to watch anything else. <laughs> no, I just need to I just need to read you guys for a while. Um The mothership is very pretty. I'm not gonna disagree on this. I just I don't really have any urge. Um I you know the thing is is um I um thought um to move my Revenant idea into NCIS, and I had mm-hmm. two um, uh, two um, ideas, um, one being where Gibbs was killed and he was carrying a Revenant, and that Revenant chooses Tony. Well, um, there's a Despite what anybody else would like. Um, and then there was another one where um, when Gibbs is um, blown up and loses his memory when he wakes up, Mm-hmm. He wasn't a revenant when Kelly and um, his wife died, and Shannon. And um, he wakes up thinking they're alive. He's told they're dead, and he's got this revenant in his head. And he flips his shit and demands that the revenant leave. Woo! So, the, so the hang on. So the revenant unfurls. And what? And um, Jilly suggested <laughs> that the Revenant go live with Steve. Because <laughs> you know, she's uh-huh. all about dragging anybody onto her mothership. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, the husband is playing Command and Conquer. <laughs> and he and his, his best friend um, play over the net and... For the most part, they die. It doesn't help matters that I root for the computer. Probably not. No, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. So, um, there's. Do you remember early on in? Um, in the NCIS show, there was a uh, episode where um, somebody was killing Marine recruiters with sniper shots, and yes. Gibbs. W- yeah, I, I I vote for Gibbs dying in that one. That's Kate is there. Mm-hmm. Because Kate with him in the office. Yep. I'm not mad at that idea. It's a good place for him to die. 
it, it, he goes out doing exactly what he wants to do, which is protect people. Um, and he's in uniform. And if he's a revenant um, and he gets out and wanders, if you will. Uh, no, he's an anchor. He's not a okay. revenant. He's an yeah. anchor. Okay, so he's an anchor. So the thing, the, the thing is, is if Gibbs was a revenant, they get a choice. They can either move on, mm-hmm. um, or they can stay. Gibbs isn't going to stay. No, he's going to he's going to go home to his girls. All right, so so he's 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 never going to stay. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I could see him anchoring somebody that he served with. Mm-hmm. A, a revenant that he served with that maybe died in the line. Um, and he agreed to um, to anchor that revenant. Um, okay, so I that went somewhere in my brain. It was really unfortunate. Do I want to know? Well, Julie said I'm a fan fiction pirate. <laughs> um, how's the rum, Julie? I'm just saying. <laughs> Which I think might make you a fandom or a fan fiction leviathan, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I'm going to blow holes in everybody's shit. The yeah, Kraken. <laughs> No. <laughs> Does that mean you've got eight legs? Mm. Mm. Of course she'd make an Roberts. excellent Red Pirate Roberts. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So So who would you have <laughs> um, would you pick a oops mute would you pick a character um from a sh- uh, a movie or a show to be the 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 uh, the revenant that he was hosting or what or Anchoring, I should say. I, you know, I have this idea percolating in the back of my mind that that Sherlock Holmes is a revenant. Oh, that would be interesting. And that he's moving around. Um, I'm not sure um, that Sherlock would have chosen to go into a soldier to begin with. I don't see his path Mm -hmm. to um, Gibbs. But... um, I well, wait a see second. That says it, um, but wait a second. That doesn't mean that Sherlock wouldn't go as, say, an investigative reporter. All right, somebody who was embedded in Gibbs's uh, group and got shot. Gibbs thought he was going to uh, host this guy for just a while, for whatever it would be, and shit went through with with, uh, Shannon and Kelly and they turned their 
skills to fighting crime. And then... You know, I don't... The problem with putting a revenant in Gibbs is that Gibbs, um, before we ever meet Gibbs, he's already committed cold-blooded murder. Point. Well, wait a second. You really don't think that, that... I think that the modern day version of Sherlock Holmes is absolutely capable of mm-hmm. a cold blooded murder. I don't think the original Sherlock Holmes is. Hmm. Killing in self defense, yes. Execution, no. I, I don't. I, I don't buy it for the original Sherlock Holmes. I mean, okay, he's. A man of his time, and he's um, he's an intellectual, and um, uh, far more interested in <laughs> in cocaine than than Point. you know. Speak and and honestly, if the original Sherlock Holmes was capable of, of murder, he'd have killed his own brother. <laughs> it was a complete pain in his ass, a lot. It's just it, for me. The old school Sherlock Holmes is is a different breed. Never going to happen. Just put up a note. Did you see it? Sherlock and Tony. I think that um, if the Revenant in Gibbs was Sherlock Holmes, that, that Tony would be a great fit. Mm-hmm. But... I wouldn't, but that's not, that's a separate idea, really. I I would never put mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes in Gibbs. Okay. Hmm. All right. So Sherlock is out of the question. Um. Semi-famous soldiers. Would he be would be he be a new revenant, somebody who just joined the ranks, if you will, or would he be one of the older ones again? I like the um, I like the history aspect. Um, that's why I picked okay. um, um, what I did on mm-hmm. um, the Roman in um, in mm-hmm. the SGA revenant to begin with. Um, <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, the thing about um, the, the Revenant world building is that someone like Eisenhower or mm-hmm. Churchill or Patton would have a very um, defined path. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the reasons why the Revenant that's currently in John is... Um, is where he is, is that he's just completely skewed that system, and, and he refuses to participate. And because he's the oldest of them, um, they have a uh, they have a serious problem controlling him. <laughs> and the fact is, is they can't control him, and since he refuses to bow to their wishes, they have to put up with what he does. But someone like Eisenhower... Um, who had the military? Um, but men, men in modern power positions would choose to remain in power positions. 
Oh, yeah. So I think that um, the, the revenants, um, the younger ones, tend to choose their next anchor for advancement, where older anchors choose their anchors for enrichment. This is just the, just the way I was thinking about it when I was building the world, and that the older a revenant becomes, the less concerned they are with um, status and with money and with rank, um, which is why okay, so, um, Maris had no problem going into a, a marine recruit and going through Annapolis mm-hmm. with all of his experience and, you know, being a, a junior officer and taking orders. And this is a man who fucking founded Rome, or helped to help to found Rome. And he's taking orders mm-hmm. from some fresh-faced 40-year-old colonel with no problem. But if you think about someone like Eisenhower um, anchoring in, no, he'd be like, oh, no, no bitch. No. Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would go over badly. But, the older revenants are um, are just well. There's a maturity there, and there's um, a thirst for experience. Whereas I do believe the younger revenants would be more concerned with um, well, with youth, with status, mm-hmm. with power, and with money. Um, so uh, yeah, that's just that's just my personal world building I have going for it. I really don't I do want to see what other people are going to do with the idea. Yeah, well, yeah, me either. Um, my question for you is um, the the concept and knowledge of Revenant is is there, and and they've got the, they've got a status in society. I I wonder does Gaius have his own personal monies that he has access to that have lasted throughout history or is he dependent on the people he he has anchoring him um he's dependent on them um okay when you know the thing is is that guys is two thousand years old any yeah. personal estate he had been left to his own family and he had a wife and children to support mm-hmm. and so he would and the thing is is that um he has moved around so much. I mean, he went, you know, he's he, he's been all over the world. He is, in fact, and has been all over the solar system <laughs> because he got bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at uh, it, it, it isn't like a vampire. He, I mean, I mean, he's not moving through lifetimes as himself. When he anchors okay. with somebody, he is dependent on that anchor for everything. For stimulation, okay. for intellectual development, for skill development, for sex, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so everything that um, he experiences in the physical form comes from his anchor. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they have a green gets there. All right, so that takes care of that question. <laughs> Somebody put it further up the the, the link. Um, Arthur, um, if I was gonna do a King Arthur revenant, you know damn well I'd stick him in Harry Potter. Why are you even asking me that question? <laughs> now, my next question is now, who would be Merlin? 
Well, that you know that greatly depends on whether or not revenants are are, are possible um, among magical people, because you know mm-hmm. Arthur wasn't magical um, historically or you know, myth- you know mythologically. Um, yes. But Merlin was. Uh, yes. And maybe even Merlin anchored Arthur at one point or another, and Arthur might have developed a. Um, a fondness for having a magical anchor, but he might not have anchored often. Like maybe, maybe perhaps, and only in times of great need for Britain, when his country or you truly needed him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. when maybe perhaps so during World War Two. You know, just just in places right. and times when. Um, his experience um, and his um, knowledge and, uh, as a leader would be beneficial. So the once and future king is not so much that Arthur has, has gone to you know, Avalon and slept. It's that he, if he's a revenant, he, he comes and, and offers his experience in the time of need. And then when things, when peace is restored, Either you know he and his his anchor live out their lives, or Arthur leaves. I you know honestly I I do think um, for those of you who are maybe interested in playing with this idea that unmooring is psychologically damaging for the yeah, it anchor. Like it, it sounds like it'd be hell on earth. Um, it is not something that I think that a um, a good revenant would consider doing unless they had no choice. Their um, their anchor is dying, or their anchor um, suffers suffers a psychotic break, um, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. um, a catastrophic accident that leaves them comatose. Um, or in cases like that, that idea I had with Gibbs, just um, a a, cha- a drastic change in his mental circumstances to the point where they they are no longer compatible in any single way. Um, but even then, it would be psychologically damaging to the anchor. Right. It's going to be like being ripped in half. Yeah, especially if they've been there for a while. Hmm. But if I put a revenant in Harry Potter, um, Arthur would come to him... Early, really early. Um, maybe perhaps as um, soon as Harry could have a, a real conversation. Three or five four, or six then? years old. Mm. Five or six. Um, okay. Because it, it, Harry's circumstances are so precarious when when he's living with the Dursleys, and if Arthur is watching him, and he would be, mm-hmm. and he sees maybe, you know, maybe Harry is a descendant, and he sees oh, that would be um, his his many, 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 many great-grandson going through this situation, and he knows he has the ability to help him, but only if he anchors. Now, he has a choice. Does he go find somebody else to anchor with? Or does he anchor with his many, many greats grandson 
to protect him in the moment. Because Revenant are not without power, as you'll find True. out as um, the, the series continues. Um, well, and um, have... so... Go ahead. I was going to say, you did have John's glowing blue, you know, for a couple of days, and, and humans don't normally glow blue on our own. No, that um, um, that's because Gaius was um, integrating into mm-hmm. John's soul. Their soul energy became one, which I'm sure is sweep upon extremely sacrilegious. Anyways, um, <clears throat> Sarah asked, would, would unanchoring kill Gibbs? No, no. Um, it would be an entirely um, emotional, psychological instead of physical. Um it could throw him into a deep depression. But it would be a profound psychological shock to because it's basically, you know, even if he doesn't remember um, becoming part or, or anchoring, mm-hmm. he he's carried this anchor on I mean, this, um, this revenant for a while and they have shared experiences and memories and, and he's gained skills and knowledge from this revenant and all of that would be taken away from him. Yeah. That would be because anchoring is not only um, an honor, it's a responsibility. So, which is why John doesn't fight Bates about being a part of a field team and going out in the field as often as possible because he made a decision to anchor the oldest revenant from Earth, the very oldest one that that they're aware of, and that's a huge responsibility. He's carrying the founding father of Rome in his fucking head. This is not something you just do willy nilly. Yeah, there's there's no uh, casual. <laughs> there's no casualness in this. And they've already experienced the loss of one anchor, and that mm-hmm. loss is really fresh for Gaius. And so he's going to be a little bit more protective of John, which is why he did what he did when the Queen attacked him. Can't say as I blame her. Or him, I should say. But anyway, yeah, you know, it's a, the Revenant's a really interesting idea, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. But like I was telling Julie last night, the reason why I'm not particularly interested in doing it for November is I really, really, really don't want to spend another fucking challenge getting a whole bunch of people commenting on about where I got the idea from and wanting to know where the original mm-hmm. canon was so they can go read it. Because apparently... Some people think I'm not capable of an original idea. I did. Yay! Congratulations. Really? What? I. I don't. So I don't I want to spend them. November, have, you know, getting those comments, and because I do have to moderate the trash folder, even if you guys got to them before I did, I would still, I would still fucking see them, and it's just, it's really annoying. It's, it's super, super annoying. People saying, well, I Googled and I can't find the original um, um, book or movie or or yeah, there is no. series to this. And there isn't one, for fuck's sake. 
I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at him. I know. <laughs> he and his best friend are probably dying horribly at the at the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, okay. it's just super annoying. I don't want to spend an, an, another um, challenge going through that um, um, yeah. experience because, and while some of them probably did not mean to be insulting, the end result was is every single one of them was. Because it, like, do I have a history of crossing over or fusing major pieces of canon into my fan fiction without noting it? No, I don't. The thing that, that, um, The thing that gets me on the the whole idea of revenants and how how that process works is it's um it's very interesting how accepted you have them as being in this world and yes there are characters who um, apparently are just raging bigots. Um, on it, but for the most part, they're accepted as being, you know, legitimately there, and that's that's a very interesting um, difference. Well, for two thousand years, this has been going on. So I would hope that even as a species, that with two thousand years, we could have come to grips with this principle eventually. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking time for people to flail around and not get it. Um, and I do you feel that wait, the, the thing is, is that Weir is a um, not an outlier. Raging. She's a representation of um, um, a segment of the population who are completely off the rails. And if the parallel is missing for you, um, I am kind of pattering her after people who are homophobic. Oh yeah. Um, the what I was going to say about uh, <laughs> accepting something after two thousand years. Um, when uh, there was, if I remember correctly, a uh, ancient Greek who figured out the Earth was round. Didn't we have a back- basketball star not too long ago saying something about the Earth is flat? Oh, there's a whole flat Earth society, you know. Um, the man, know, the man asked the question: um, Could a male have a female anchor? Gaia's had male and female anchors throughout his history. It's um, gender is utterly unimportant. When um, Sumner talks to John about um, Gaius, John asks him if Gaius is male or female, and um, Sumner says both. And Aiden Ford's mother was Guy's previous anchor before Sumner. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's been in both. And he... Uh, so I don't... You know, the thing is, is um, your spirit, your soul, gender is is a societal co- construct. Mm-hmm. It, it, 
your role as a man or a woman that you're assigned at birth is is literally not a thing. It is a social construct that we all adhere to for the most part on a voluntary basis. It literally has no meaning beyond that. Right. Because there are multitudes of other societies out there on this planet where you, Ten, <laughs> your roles in, yeah, your roles in society are determined by you, not by you know um, if you've got indoor plumbing or outdoor plumbing. It's just a it's just an outward representation um, that is forced on you by society. Yeah. Um, and I th- and I think a revenant um, after a certain point would be beyond that, and maybe guys. The first few times he anchored, chose men, but I think that there probably there 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 came a point when he's like, you know what? I wonder what I wonder what that's like, <laughs> and picked a girl, <laughs> and then he picked another because that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, very definitely a case of oh, that was interesting, you know, so. But uh, you know, so no, I don't think gender um, is uh, you know is, is important at all. Um, when Sumner was talking to John about choosing him as the anchor, as as long as John was willing, is he did mention the um, somewhat inherent flexibility of sexuality among revenants, and how he didn't think that Bates could handle the immense amount of gay sex memories he would get. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bates is a, Bates is just a hair bit straight in this one, just a hair. Um, Men are capable of a multiple orgasm, Dark. It just takes a little bit more work. That whole dry orgasm thing that I do in ties that bind—that's not fantasy. That's reality. Men can do that. <laughs> so say it's a man. There's okay. Kristen says there's something you did in the world building for the revenants that felt very rich and fully built without oh without all the details being described yet. Well, um, when when you're world building, um. The way you introduce your world is super important. Um, and what I try to do is um, give the reader big moments and little moments um, across the narrative. So you don't think you're getting an info dump. <laughs> like in the first episode of Revenant, you learn what they are. You learn mm-hmm. how they exist. Um, and you learn um, how long they've been on Earth for as far as humans know. Um, later on, you learn that they're not just ancient people doing it, that there are, current, that there are revenants being born every day on Earth, and that um, some of them have potential, and um, Rodney is one of those. There's hints... 
I, I can see what, what um, was being asked in some ways. It's um, There's a lot – you've got a lot of this history either in a notebook that we'll never see or your head, which, again, will be difficult to see. But you, you, have, in, you have a full, rich history for this idea of yours. And so as you write, you can draw on it. It's, it's not like um, – for all the fact that you technically pantsed that thing, okay, it felt – yeah, just the first three like, episodes. <laughs> yeah, it felt like you you you'd figured out your your world building far enough ahead that but you no, knew wait, the history. No, I only pants the plotting, the actual plot. I world builded before July. <laughs> I'm not capable of not world building. I did world. I did essays. I did um, timelines. Um, I picked out a very large portion of his anchors before I started writing. Um, I just didn't plot. But I did oh, all my okay. world building. Well, let's not play. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> yeah. I kind of I plotted in the, in the middle of writing stuff. I had this like, okay, wait a second, hit pause, go over, look up this. and Okay, found the information and start writing again. That's how I write. On that multiple orgasm thing, um, I think that you have to catch a man young, um, under 30, really, to um, develop that ability, that consistent ability. Um, I met my husband when he was 28. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll just leave that. that. We'll just we'll just leave that there. We'll just leave it there. Um, but um, it uh, yeah. I mean that that's that, that's entirely possible. So multiple orgasms probably weren't really a surprise to gay to, to gayus. Um, I'm. Is it gayus or gaius? Ever how you want to say it? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I've been saying gay it's because the A is in front of the I, but um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I've been saying guy is in my head, so you know I don't know either. But okay. Um, I am still working on that challenge too. I was I since I write uh, a good chunk of my stuff longhand, my um, my current writing on the next episode is. Uh, eight pages long at this point, and it's 250 words per page. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cooking right along. Gaius. Oh, wait a second. Is it, um, The only thing I can think of is uh, you never watched um, Merlin, right? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Me either for for um, chaos, chaos, whatever. I I'm just thinking that there's that one character who who seems to seem to share the name, but okay. Chaos. Oh well. But also <laughs> you have to keep in mind that um, names um, are said differently in different languages, even if they're spelled the same. Like true. 
Roman versus Greek versus, you know. Mhm. Yeah, I've got I've got one of my friends from the office um whose name is spelled M I C H A E L. Looks like Michael. It's pronounced Michelle. Oh well. Okay, so going back to urban fantasy. You don't want to, so I so I probably will not be doing um an, an, another revenant story in public okay. because it was just really really annoying and it was distracting. Mm-hmm. Um But I do, I do really enjoy the historical character, um, as well the, the historical figure, because because Gaius actually existed, um, figure, mm-hmm. um, in the in the role of Revenant, because it creates um, a very rich tapestry with which you can build a character on. Yep. So, <clears throat> and and if you've got. <laughs> If I remember correctly, in the last uh, episode of, uh, that you have up on Rough Trade, you did have um, Gaius uh, having, was it Leonardo? Um, not Leonardo. Was it Leonardo? It was, was it Galileo. 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 Yeah. Because why the hell not? Why the hell not? Yes, and I, I do get those comments on completed works. But on completed works, they're annoying, not distracting. And when it comes to National Novel Writing Month, when we have to do 50K in 30 days, I don't need any distractions because I already have um, rough trade to run and moderate, and um, I have the groups, and I have my own writing, and I have my actual job, and I have um, the Wild Hair Project, and it's just my husband and my dogs. and Wow, that came down really low on that list. Um <laughs> That wasn't a list by priority. That was just a list of things I have to do. Anyways, um, it's it's not. I mean, yes, it's annoying to get it on a website, but it's not distracting. Mm-hmm. <coughs> delete, delete, delete. Fuck you, delete. Double word, delete. <laughs> yeah, a couple cases of the fuck over, delete. Kiss my ass, delete. Suck my dick. Yeah, there's not enough coffee no for this, this morning. Yeah. Delete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not particularly interested in doing a psychic AU. Uh, well, let's see. Definition of urban fantasy. We're doing urban fantasy in November. Um, it's right. the Blue Moon Challenge. On the um, Rough Trade um, Facebook group, there is a whole uh, collection of links. I did. I did help Julie fix her idea, but now I don't have an idea. That was not me whining. 
I have plenty of time to come up with one before, you know, November rolls around. Right. The the link I'm looking at, I'm on Wikipedia, um, <laughs> put uh, Laurel K. Hamilton's Anita Blake series as urban fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll probably go to more to urban porn, but okay. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, I'm looking at... My my first experience with urban fantasy was um, Mercedes Lackey's uh, Diana Treegard move, um, books. So admittedly, there was a vampire in there, but okay. And a witch. And then there were her elves. So, Azure, you're so mean. Um, Did my chat room lock up again? I don't know. Uh, I I don't see Azure. Azure's comment says, um, oh, no, there it went. It went back to start running again. Uh, She said something about your husband should be happy that that he rated above the dogs. Oh yeah, he always is happy to be rated above the dog. So it's, it's not always it doesn't always happen that way. But whenever it does, he's pretty thrilled. Um, I don't want to do vampire. And you've already got one werewolf, but that's something else entirely. I'm not opposed to a magic AU. Mm-hmm. So, what universe? Mm. I don't know, maybe Criminal Minds. Um, That would be interesting. Urban fantasy is not romance. Um, In fact, the definition of urban fantasy is that if there is a romantic relationship in it, you must be able to remove it and have the book stand on its own to qualify as an urban fantasy. Otherwise, it's a paranormal romance. Because there are plenty of urban fantasy books that are not romantic at all. True. There is often a lot of sex in um, urban fantasy, which is not going to be a problem for me. Hmm. So, Criminal Minds, Urban Fantasy, potentially Magic AU. Who would be doing what where? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Because um, I don't know if I want to use an established magic um fandom or if I want to make my own, create my own magical world, which wouldn't be that difficult because I've been playing with it a little bit um, mm-hmm. um, in The Hobbit. Uh, yeah. You know, different kinds of magic and um, that kind of thing. Um, and you've already planned rituals, so you know how to do that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, because J.K. Rowling didn't go into any of that. So, but almost all the magic that I do in Harry Potter, outside of the few canon spells, I had to figure out on my own because um, there's nothing there. If I wrote Criminal Minds, I would probably write um, uh, Morgan Spencer. Oh, that would be interesting. I put a lot of effort into those rituals. I mean, yes, you did. Just saying. You I may, even drew you, out, I drew out circles for Hermione's ritual and Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, and um, I drew out, I, I, li- I labeled where everybody would be in the ritual circle, um, and you know, just the whole thing. But one of the ways that you you world build is that you know things about your world that you may never share with your reader, but it helps you build a rich tapestry in your head, so that when you're writing. Mm-hmm. It's easier to um, to wrap your characters in that world if you already know that world in a deep, intimate way. Oh, if only they could work. Hmm. <laughs> 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 You're, I'm, I'm with Spike. You're, you're, um, the way you lay, lay everything out with your rituals, it, it, they very, they're very cool. They, they do work well. Ah, demand. All it's I can think like, of is a It's success. almost like cooking recipes, cooking. It's about all the elements and making them work together and drawing on different, um, theories and mythologies to, to pull that together. One of my favorite rituals is the ritual I used in the opening of Darkly Loyal when um, Harry uh, takes them all back into time, when he calls right. on the elements and he calls um, on um, basically Lady Magic and, and um, Mother Earth. And it's just, it's really, um, I, I dug deep into different... Um, uh, pagan rituals to figure out how I would um, do that, and that's why he called the Four Corners. Um, and it was just really, really, really cool. And that's my favorite ritual across all that I've written for them. Um, definitely. For all the fact that that particular, um, I mean, that particular ritual when. It's got so many things going into it and so many <clears throat> hopes and dreams and, and the expectations you know, that, that are loaded in that thing. It was – the vibe on it was something that was planned and anticipated, and they knew what they were doing. They weren't just trusting to luck in, in the case of um, – Neville and that and his ritual, um, they weren't trusting to vengeance, uh, 
which is what happened when um, Draco and Harry did their their ritual uh, to avenge Hermione. Um, and <coughs> and uh, there's a couple others well, that you've done in here, but that one is really it's it's um it's it's Harry pays an unspeakable price um during that ritual mm-hmm. um and uh I wanted that to be really clear that he was paying that price, which is why I had um the elder one kill him mhm, so that in that moment you the reader would know that Harry has done something horrific astronomical. It's it's it is astronomical what he has done. He has altered the path of his soul for eternity, and he has um, sacrificed both of his spouses and his child. Um, yep. Though he had no choice, um, and it, it 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 had to be really grounded which is why I call the four corners and that part um, on the four corner thing that's a very um, very common pagan ritual which is why it Mm -hmm. showed up in the craft that movie the craft Um, that's the kind of thing that young girls playing with witchcraft do Um, they call the four corners and that's that's a pagan concept Um, and it's just very very cliche common thing that they would do um, young girls would do that, but Harry's had purpose, and that's why he anchored the four corners with the um, the, the Hallows and the Sword of Gryffindor. Um, that they that that was their purpose. That they were not only was he calling the four corners to him, he was he was pinning them down for his use. He was dominating. He dominated the world. The, yeah, yeah. Time, space, the whole thing. Earth, and air, fire, water, time, space. Uh-huh. And Zero let him. For, the, for, and, for um, a very brief time. Yeah. So. And, you know, that's, you know, when you're creating, and that that sets the tone for the entire story. So when you're when you're doing something like that in the beginning of, of your story, you, you have to... Um, Decide what kind of impact you want. Because I could have made it easy for Harry. There could have been no baby. Hermione could have been awake for it. She could have given him permission. Acknowledge what was going to happen. But that wouldn't have shaped his character the way happened did and the reshaping of his character is super important because it defines his motivations in the past because he's protecting the future that he's already lost once he's protecting the life of his of his child that he hopes to get back he's protecting his wife and his marriage and his um his consort it's it's he is he made this terrible sacrifice in the future so that he never has to do it again so it's important when you're making those kinds of decisions plot-wise that you look at the impact that's going to go over your character throughout the story. 
And so that's what I tried to do in, in that moment. And sometimes you're successful and sometimes you fail miserably. But it's all a learning experience. Well, one thing that I, I mean, I, I, I will admit I, I miss things some days when it comes to the meanings behind stuff. I'm not going to lie. Um, but what I got out of that was a great deal of um, this is not an easy or light discussion or, or decision, I should say. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing easy about about what he did. And so uh, the fact that he still did it, the fact that he reached out and took the option that he was given, um, that always did resonate. You know, it's it's something that. Um, as I read through the the story, I can see the echoes of it, you know, every in every decision he makes. Well, it has to echo through because when you take your mm-hmm. character to the breaking point and you break them open, you, you have two options: you can let them fall apart, or you can rebuild them. And my grandpa always used to say, and I don't know if it's true. But he said that a knife is strong, but a knife that has been broken and reforged is infinitely stronger. Um, and uh, he, so that's what, that's the point of Darkly Lowell, and that's Harry's arc. He's been broken and reforged, and he's stronger. And he is more decisive, and he is merciless. Whatever mercy was in that man has basically been burnt out. At least that's what it seems like for me. He he's he still got a defined set of right and wrong, but it's his set of right and wrong. It's not the one society tried to give him. Right. Zir could have stopped the ritual and, and he tells Harry that. I I let you do this. And the price you had to pay um is that the the three of you have been merged with the Hallows. They could not be destroyed the way you were going to destroy them. So and although it isn't clear to the reader yet, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a spoiler. As much as Harry is the elder one Fox is now the sword of Gryffindor. Oh dear. It plays. Um it, it's um because I, I I hope that I foreshadowed that enough that you that you guys and even Draco says it that he hopes that the, the Phoenix has the sword. Um not because they necessarily well, need it, but because it's because of the history of the sword, um, and now the fox's relation, fox's relationship with the sword of Gryffindor is much more intimate than it ever was before. Right. Well, I, I, I figured that he. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe he does it uh, 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 by the power of Grayskull and flames out the, the sword or something. I don't know. 
you know. But I figured he had it stashed somewhere, you know. Yeah, where the sun don't shine. (laughs) (laughs) The bird is a big bird, but damn. Um, (laughs) That's a fierce thing to be hiding, Frost. But, yeah, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah. So those are the sacrifices that they all had to make. And um, uh, Fox made one, too. He um, he, uh, didn't get to do his duty to Zier. In, in the past because of Dumbledore's um, actions against him. So he chose to to die in the future, to be reborn in the past. And so this is, this is an immortal creature, a phoenix, choosing to die. And it added a, a layer of, um, of sacrifice to the whole ritual, which is why I chose... For him to come to Harry in that moment, and um, so, but yeah, you know, these are decisions that you make um, when you're building something like this, and all of it has symbolism. All of it is symbolic, um, and you you have to layer those symbols in a way that serves your plot, which, if you're not careful, can look contrived. So it's a delicate balance. Because, of course, it's all contrived, but you don't want it to look contrived. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but she, when you put this thing together, it, it, from, from step A to step B to step C, all the way down, it flowed. All right. And there, there wasn't this this weird thing in the middle that why the hell did you put that there? I don't I don't understand. It doesn't relate back. Everything related, and it was actually really cool. You're welcome. I'm a planner, <laughs> but no, that really does play. Sometimes yeah. if I have uh, if I've pantsed a, a scene or two that I really didn't know what I wanted to do going into it, I can see the little moments like oh shit, why did I say that? Why did I do that? That was dumb. <laughs> So, but when it comes to like rituals, like the one I did for Hermione um, in Hermione's circle, um, I spent more time on the ritual than I did the plot of the entire episode. That ritual had a lot to do with the plot of that episode, though. So, well, it was it was yeah. I mean, it's the it's the climax and um, of the of the episode, and it's. Um, it's important because you want your to re- you want your reader to believe that it's possible that she reached out and and brought him back from the afterlife. You want to believe you want the reader to believe that's possible, um, and that any time that your characters are doing something you know fantastical, that it's something that if you've done your world building correctly and you've created a good foundation. Um, their belief is going to float high with you, and the problem is, is that when their belief ends up on the floor, <laughs> broken-hearted. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. You never kick me out of the reader trance. That's that's something that um, I do have to say. I I don't get kicked out with the with the what the fuck. Occasionally, I the get kicked out. Of disbelief. My my disbelief um, st- 
stay safely suspended. That's never really been a problem. Occasionally I'll hit Google because I don't recognize something. Um, <laughs> but that's, well, that's different life experiences. You know, it's, it's, I want to know what something is. So I'll go, I'll go, you know, type it into Google to figure out what the hell. And, and then it's like, oh, that's cool. Okay. And I'm sucked right back in. Life give is me, grand. Give me an example of that. I want to know what you were Googling. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's see. Well, the oh, very put you on spot. You was, okay, no, the, the very famous one was was you know the the age of of Atlantis. Um, oh well, then that's on, not does that that was me fucking that up. That isn't the same thing. Well, actually, in this latest one, it was actually Gaius. I actually looked him up to figure out who the <laughs> hell this guy is. Because you said he was real, and I went, really? And I pulled up Google, and I pulled him up, and he's like, hot damn, he's real. Okay, for a guy who's, you know, I'm looking at a picture of him that's 2,000 plus years old, he's actually not that bad either. Okay, cool. And off we go. (laughs) You know, it's like, he actually did some shit. That's cool. And, you know, off we go. You know, (laughs) apparently I'm not the only one. Um, I put a link in my project file to his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, hey, well. The man asked um, HP question: If Brit CPS took Harry and he got adopted out, would he still get a Hogwarts letter addressed to Harry Potter? There are two, three theories on this. One, he's he was enrolled by his parents at his birth on the assumption that he was magical and he was enrolled with Harry Potter, so his, le- so his letter would come to Harry Potter. Two, the magic of enrollment, and there's like an enrollment quill and the hat handles it, and he would get a letter with his current name because the magic would know what his name is. The third, that Dumbledore is aware of his new name, but ignores it and sends him a letter as Harry Potter. <laughs> it really depends on your own world building and what you want to do with it. <laughs> Again, yeah, Harvest Adams is an excellent example of um, of, of how that could go. Um, great story. Fucking love that story. Um, series. It's definitely uh, creepy. It's, yeah. But really, it, it really depends on what your world building is going to look like and what you want it to accomplish. Well. Um. Because if you want Dumbledore to be kind of a neutral figure, um, then Harry coming to Hogwarts with Harry Potter. Really? And they're friends? (laughs) (laughs) Men talk to their friends way different than we talk to our friends. Have you noticed that? No, wait a second. No, wait a second. There's a reason I'm part of the reason I'm laughing. And, and unfortunately, um, I got a really big clue as to what my life is going to be like for the next 50 years. Do you remember the movie uh, Grumpy Old Men and then Grumpier Old Men? Yeah. Yeah, my husband and his best friend are Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Oh, bless your heart. A lot younger. Yeah, I know. That's what I was My husband I, is going to be the. Uh, that's her husband. Um, mine yeah. is downstairs in his man cave, um, 
binge watching NCIS. Um, Mine just did that. He's watching. He comes up occasionally. He said, "Man, the people at NCIS, the writers, they love to kill women." <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> like, yeah, they do. <laughs> I said that's because they have and, no other idea of how to grow a male character without murdering someone he cares about, usually a woman. Yeah, and just so you guys know, our husbands have not met. There's a reason for this. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't need the cross-country bromance going on. I already have one that I deal with. Yeah, so the husband just finished binge-watching NCIS. He's now binge-watching CSI Miami. He likes um, Horatio. Um, His reaction to Speed was something along the lines of, I totally get why he died. He was an asshole. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't. My so husband does a, not need a comrade to arms, but he's going to be no. the most cantankerous, terrible old man. I'm. I'm. I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Mine. Mine's there were some be... kids in our front yard just yet today, <laughs> and, and and he comes to me and he said, would you get those kids off the lawn? And I'm like, why don't you do it? He goes, I don't want to be that dude that yells out the window to tell kids to get out of my yard. I said, so you want me to do it? He was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Have you got a nice front porch that he can sit on and, and you know, just... <laughs> I take so it I go to the know. door. I said, um, hey, and they moved on. It was that simple. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't. I think he's 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 hit the point where he doesn't really want to, you know, tell the kids to get off his lawn, and he's realizing he's hit it. <laughs> and yet he wants them off his lawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, is I've got two very friendly looking dogs. Um. And um, uh, they don't have those kids don't have a pet, and um, they they really want to come play with my dogs. But I tell them they're not allowed to because we have zero tolerance laws for biting, and kids can right. be rough with dogs. And while I don't think my dogs are or would normally bite somebody, they're very friendly. Um, every dog is capable of biting. Every dog and every cat. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't want my dogs put down because these kids don't, don't know how to behave. So, yeah. Anyways, I ended up putting um, bike chains with locks on my gate, so they would have to crawl over you. the gate to get. And um, I'm I'm hoping that if that happened, that that would um, come down on my side as far as the city's concerned. Um, if one yeah, of them because- was injured. By my dog, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I laughed at that. I'm sorry, Turk. Wow. One of my nephews um, had a pair of cats, and his favorite thing 
when he would nap would be to get one of those cats and sleep with it. And sometimes he would chew that cat's ear. We had the hardest time keeping that cat's ear out of that kid's mouth. Thankfully, he outgrew it. But it was terrible. It was terrible. My sister must have given that cat four or five baths a week. Because she was afraid that the kid was going to get something from the cat. The poor cat. (laughs) That poor cat was terrorized. That cat was cleaner than her kid. <laughs> and the cat tolerated it. That, that's um that's a hell of a cat there. Oh, those cats would cuddle up with that kid every chance they got. It was ridiculous. Those cats were cleaner than her kid. Because her kid had a habit of chewing on them. Or numbing, because he really didn't have teeth. He was teething. <laughs> On her ear. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's just terrible. The things well, okay. kids put in their mouths. Oh, my God. So, I guess I guess the thing for me is on this, um, at least it was the ear and not a tail. True, true. Yeah. You know, small favors on that, but what in the? <laughs> I guess it depends on the cat. Be careful. Don't go chewing any cat's ear. Yeah, you have to work your way up to that kind of bond. Seriously, though, um, that particular kid is 19, and one of those cats is still alive. Um, if, 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 does it walk up to him and go, you haven't nommed on my ears in years, can, can you know? <laughs> no, he, um, he, this, this particular cat moved from baby to baby. Like, whenever my sister would have a new kid, he would transfer allegiance to the new kid. So now he thinks he belongs to the youngest, um, girl huh. he still has his ears <laughs> are, they, are they bald <laughs> no the cat's half Maine Coon I mean with the fat flat face um, oh, female no uh, no 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 the 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 muffin face cat. Look, muffin face. They have a they have a round face. It... Ragamuffin. Ragamuffin, yes. It's a ragamuffin um, mancoon mix. Okay. What is it picking up? Ragamuffin, yeah. There's some... 
here's some interesting cats that come up with with the the search string of muffin faced cat. Not only did I have to shit the, uh, on the ground, I don't get men. I write about them. I live with one. I work with a lot. Still don't get them. But yeah, <sighs> this 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 damn this damn cat weighs twenty five pounds and um Is it a rag doll? Happy. Well, that's grumpy. No, cat. no, it, it it has a sm- a smushy face. I, I can't really. Um, Merlin is twenty-two pounds of sweetness. I got Scottish Fold. That's one I'm looking at right now. That's what I put up. Someone said exotic. The exotic short hair. That's what his face looks like. But he has the body of a Maine Coon. Those are cute kitties. And it is right, a cute smushed. cat. It is a it is a cute cat. Um, lion slash whatever. I mean, because it's ginormous and it's it a kicks house, the pit bull's it's a ass. <laughs> it's a house lion, and it the pit bull is petrified of this cat. Smart dog. <laughs> pit bulls don't have much in the way of fur. I mean, they've got it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not it's not like, you know, where you've got the, the husky where they've got the layers and layers and layers of, of you know, protection between their yep. skin yep. and the air. My sister has two pit bulls um, and this cat. And the cat um, is smart because when the pit bulls came into the house as puppies, the first thing that cat did was pin those pit bulls down. And he <laughs> continued to do that. Until the pit bull got too big, but by that point, he had already established dominance. Smart cat. And he will do that to a person if you let him. He'll get up on you and put his paws on your chest and look you right in the eye like he's trying to dominate you. It is disconcerting. <laughs> uh huh. <clears throat> <laughs> so there was this um, meme on um, Facebook asking about what was the first major news event you remember as a child happening around you. And immediately two popped into my head. And um, one was the death of Elvis Presley, and the other was the shooting of Ronald Reagan. I also remember the the murder of um, uh, John Lennon because my dad was a huge Beatles fan. I don't remember that, actually. But the day Elvis Presley died, my mother mourned him like 
her own husband had died. <laughs> I was three or four, three or four, three. Um, and I don't remember, every woman in my house cried. My grandma cried. Um, no, that's awesome, Sybil. I wish I remember the moon launch. Obviously, I wasn't here for it, but I wish I was, kind of. Um, <clears throat> it'd been cool to watch. A very mm-hmm. historic moment. <clears throat> I don't think Things I understood the death of Elvis Presley or even John Lennon. The most traumatic event for me in my childhood would be the explosion of the Challenger. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. I was in school for that. I was at home. I was homesick. <sighs> I remember the wedding of, of Diana and Charles. I remember it. Um, but it wasn't um, as impactful as the death of Elvis Presley. I mean, that was like, it's a very vivid memory in my brain because, um, in my mind, because like I said, every woman in my family cried like they'd lost their own husband. <laughs> Lennon, um, and Elvis Presley didn't really, um, ping me because neither of my folks were were super, super big fans. Ronald Reagan getting shot, that I remember. That was I the thing. I remember him being, um, I remember Jimmy Carter being inaugurated. I don't, I don't. My, my early memories um are more wrapped up with what my folks were doing, not what was on, not what, um, I don't know if my folks ever watched the news when I was in there with them. So I don't remember that. He was inaugurated in 1977. That's the same year that Elvis Presley died. That's the same year my sister was born. But yeah, it's interesting what your brain, um, can mm-hmm. can preserve for you in that way, especially when you're very, very small. I have memories of um, visiting my grandmother's house that my mother grew up in um, to the point where I could describe her couch and the floor, and it burned down when I was eight months old. I remember you mentioning and something I, about and that. I remember the couch. I remember the couch. Probably because that was the only thing I got to sit on. Because <laughs> I was like, what's old? So I probably couldn't find the couch or the floor in the living room, which I mm-hmm. remember very well, um, very vividly. Um, it's a very weird memory. I remember... Um, but my aunt used to say, oh, you remember that couch? Because there's a picture of it somewhere. And I was like, well, find the picture. No one has ever been able to find a picture of that couch. Hmm. So, I mean, if I remember a picture, someone needs to find the picture because, you know what I mean? 
because I've I've never mm-hmm. seen a picture as an adult or even as a young child when I first described it. No one could find a picture of that room in particular with that couch and that floor. Hmm. I've got a sense memory of being um, in the car at a drive-in and we were watching Star Wars. And I think that's one of my earliest memories ever. But it was the music that got me. So that's one of my earliest I remember watching Grease in the theater. And that is a movie and a soundtrack that does not age well. The older I get, the more I think, oh, my God, you asshole. You're not stranded at the drive-in. You fucking smoke. He's the one that ran off into the night. (laughs) You sexist bastard. He's he's moaning and groaning about being stranded at the drive-in. He's not stranded. He fucking drove. What he's really saying is he stuck at the drive-in and didn't get laid. Yeah. It, it does not age well. And I was like, and oh my god, because that that is some sexist shit. It is over and over and over again throughout. And summer nights is kind of rapey. And I'm like. This is just being an adult has ruined Greece for me. <laughs> um, being an adult has ruined several movies for me. You know, uh, I remember there was a, a meme on Facebook. You know, put your 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 uh, childhood crush up or whatever, and I put up um, uh, Hawkeye from uh, Last of the Mohicans. That's definitely one of those movies that I watched and fell in love with and oh that was nifty and I watched parts of it today and it's like okay there's there's some major shit going down in this thing <laughs> right <coughs> yeah and then I'm going to be honest I also yeah I also I also really liked um um aliens uh damn it I cannot remember the character's name Hicks? Um, Hicks, yes. Really I like love him. I love Michael Biehn. I fucking loved him. I loved mm-hmm. him in Terminator. I watched Aliens because of Michael Biehn. Um, yeah, I know. Me I too. fucking loved that Navy SEAL movie he was in. I mean, I just, I really had a big crush on Michael Biehn. Yeah, I'm going to totally own that. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I watched the same Navy SEAL uh, movie because of him as well. And just dealt with the, the fact it was cheesy as hell, but enjoyed the movie. Um Aliens, I had to actually watch it in small chunks until I could get to the point where I could I could easily watch the whole thing now. It's like, it's a great deal of fun, and I watch it and enjoy the hell out of it. But, yeah. And I, I have no urge to write anything in that particular fandom, really, because you basically took care of that urge with that little thousand word whatever that you did. <laughs> I want to do another was... one um, with Hicks waking up, mm-hmm. um, waking up oh, first, cool. and um, uh, so, so, so I want to do another one. And, and he's on my character list uh, for prompts, so Ooh. Um, I'd like to do one from his point of view. 
I think part of the reason I fell in love with Hicks is aside from the whole attitude he had when he woke up, they're in that bloody dropship. It's shaking like there's no tomorrow, and he's sleeping. He's, he's asleep. Just, just fuck it. It's totally sleep where you totally gone. Sleep wherever you can. <laughs> and he grabbed it and was enjoying it. Huh. That was, and then Terminator. He was just, he was so frantic and so earnest. And, and I, I wrote that line in um, Stargate, but that is actually my experience. That was the dirtiest sex scene I was ever allowed to watch. Mhm. And I was like, that was. Yeah, it was. I felt, I felt, I felt really naughty watching it. And I look over at my mom, and she looked. <laughs> she hadn't told me to turn my head yet. <laughs> I'm deep in it. <laughs> that, yeah, that was definitely that. That hit some fantasy notes for a very long time. Matter of fact, it's it still works pretty well. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, that doesn't hold up in Terminator just because of the age of the movie and how much technology has yeah. moved on. But there's <clears throat> other stuff that works just fine. And that particular scene will just, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, chat room locked up again. I just realized yeah, that I've been, I've been looking at any of the chats. It's because I, I clicked on a link, and every time I click on a fucking link, it, it, um. Jilly's commenting that, um, she wasn't prepared for the, the, the sex scene in Top Gun. It felt so dirty at the time, except for her hair. She's so glad that we left 80s hair behind us. Oh. Yeah, Sarah Connor's hair. Yeah, bless her heart. Well, Aquanet was king. Yeah, that feathering going on. Yeah. Yep. Top Gun was the eighties. What was really crazy, and I didn't realize at the time until my parents or my dad told me, is some of the pilots who actually flew the planes that were in Top Gun. He knew them. Awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Sarah Fawcett. Oh yes. Oh, started the wings. Yeah, the winged hair. I'm wondering, Charlie. I'm wondering angel. if she. I'm wondering if she had uh, stock in Aquanet because God. Yeah. My sister did her level best to get the big hair. Unfortunately for her, she has very, very, very straight hair. So she was going through, I think, a 12-ounce bottle of hairspray a week. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then she decided to be a bitch to me one day, so I poured it down the sink and filled it up with water. <laughs> Siblings. You can't live with them. You can't kill them. I tried. It didn't stick. I used to tease my hair up. I have curly hair, so it teased really well. 
I was able to accomplish many of the hairstyles that were quite popular in the 80s, much to the horror that I now have to experience whenever mom brings out the photo album. <laughs> yeah, the I love, got the same thing. The love of Thor, it is ridiculous. There, there's a picture somewhere I am of five me. Three, but there are pictures of me that I look five six or five seven. It's all hair. <laughs> there's pictures of me somewhere, and I've got that Sarah Fawcett puff and and, and swish and floof routine. Yeah, I got one of those. And if I remember correctly, it was basically it was the cut, me flipping my head upside down brushing my hair out, flipping it back up, and then just patting everything into shape. And I think that's when my sister got pissed off at me, did something, and then I emptied the, the hairspray down the sink. Mom got mad at me because I did it, but eh. Oops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had a perm. Oh, but what I always wanted was Afro puffs, but, you know, I'm a little white girl. I didn't get to have Afro puffs. Even though I had curly hair, and it never worked out. I never got the puffs. Even if I teased them, I couldn't get puffs. It was really, really hurtful. <laughs> yeah, I... Nope. Oh, yeah. Batting your hair, bangs, the whole routine. And I had, I had long, long hair that just was allowed to puff and fluff and do the whole routine. And, mm-mm. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Julie says, they told me the perm wouldn't take well because my hair was long. So tiny rollers and triple stack them, it took. I bet it did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bet you like a pygmy puff. <laughs> or a triple. <laughs> <laughs> Two feet of fro. <laughs> I bet you could have had Afro puffs. <sighs> Big ones. <laughs> Big giant ones. <coughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's ah, oh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> Did you just shave your head? Because I would have. I mean, what's the point? I mean, you just you can't do jack shit at that point. <laughs> Get, getting crazy. a comb through that thing. <laughs> my hair exceeded the frame of my driver's license picture. That is funny as hell. You oh, just see your little face surrounded by a big halo of hair. That is that is great. That is great. You know, it's probably a good thing in some ways that we don't show pictures of our real selves because pulling out the 80s hairdos that we all went through and thought that were the height of fashion, I don't know if we'd survive it. I would totally put one of those up. I would. Mm-hmm. Hello! <laughs> By the way, yeah. I have sympathy for you, you grumpy old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I, I commented on, on who you and what the sluts are turning into. Yes. Oh, yeah. Shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had shoulder had. pads. To this day, I do. I clip them out now. Are you still there? I am. I was just um, putting it on mute real quick so that way I could say something to himself. I, 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 I guess that I have held a lady once or twice. <laughs> yes, you have. Are we talking about you? <laughs> oh, 80s rock, the current elevator music. I had roller skates no, and the leisure suit. Station. You had a leisure suit? I had a leisure suit. I absolutely did. I had a onesie. I had a onesie. And it was like, when I was five or six, it was white and it had little sparkles on it. And I also had roller skates. Oh, God. And I wore this out to the movie theater when I went to see Xanadu. Larry? Complete with roller skates. That's right. I cosplayed to roller. <laughs> I cosplayed to the movie theater to watch Santa do. <laughs> oh God! I was, I don't know, six or seven. I don't know. <laughs> I also had a members-only jacket. Yes. Yes. Uh. I'm with Dark. Nirvana did bad things to to how um, rock and roll, you know, performance or uh, people get dressed for one. I mean, as bad as the 80s was. Do I want to know what that is? I love bell bottoms. I, I wish they'd come back in style. I I wore bell bottoms. They're okay. And then we, you know, we had the wide leg in, in the '90s. I really enjoyed that. It's very comfortable. I don't like those skinny jeans at all. I'm, I'm really looking forward when the, when the big jeans come back. I like to be comfortable. Stirrup pants are the worst thing that ever happened to a woman. Clothes wise, right, right there with the corset. Corset stirrup pants. <laughs> Bloomers. No, bloomers are I mean, fine compared to stirrup pants. Okay. Because for me, they were always too long, and the stirrups would be saggy at the bottom. I bet yours was the exact opposite. I bet your stirrup would be well, stretched too far. Yeah. And it was lucky you taller than me. <laughs> no. I like yoga pants. They're very comfortable. I'm seven inches taller than you, so that makes me 14 inches taller than her. Wow. You know what, husband? fucking brag on my podcast. Tell him bragging you know, is ugly. Bragging is ugly, and you're an asshole. Is, is that what she said? Yes. <laughs> 
was an asshole. Putting words in my mouth. And he is an asshole, but I'm not sure I actually <laughs> said that. I, I was you implied it heavily. Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh-huh. he is. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Go away. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. I don't want to get into a show on that. <laughs> Women's fashion through the ages. <laughs> Uh, the the game is over. He and his his friend have finished it, and um, since he's walking around in a reasonably good mood, I'm guessing they won. <laughs> so, and Barb, I looked up that jacket. The style is cool. I'd rather it not be orange. <laughs> Isn't that all? I'd think- rather it not be orange. I should rename well, the, the whole podcast is, that. I'd rather it not be orange. <laughs> I don't like orange. I don't look good in it. Yeah. I don't look good in yellow. I, I look terrible in yellow. Orange and yellow are not colors I look good in. I look great in red. You know, um, <laughs> every other color but orange and yellow. That, that should be the subtitle of CIS. I'd rather it not be orange. Oh, my God. <sighs> Yeah, actually, what would be, you know, um, God, you walk into that bull, bullpen, it's like, oh, my God, my eyes. <sighs> oh, look at all the orange. I don't want I to am, support um, the Chudley Cannon. I have a, I guess I'm a winter, and I have a pink undertone, um, and I look terrible in yellow um i can wear a dark orange but not like a neon orange i can wear a burnt orange um i can't wear any neon colors really well or pastels i just look ridiculous i look washed last out time I got, oh, last time i got my colors done i was a winter with a with green undertones and i orange and yellow were bad for me so i just pass on those no <laughs> yeah no, Jilly. No. What are you doing out of the corner? We put you in the corner last night. I forget what for. <laughs> but you need to go back. I'm, I'm horrifically questioning you know, my life choices because I want to click that. <sighs> and I clicked that. Let's see what that leads me to. Am I going to... Holy shit. I think the last fifteen years of my life are, are basically are basically going to be me saying, "Oh, I wish I hadn't clicked that." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody took a bottle brush and stuck a human's head on it, an orange and yellow bottle brush, and put it put a human's head on it. Good God, Jilly! <laughs> You're something, all right. Gifted is one of those words. Well, wait a second. Okay. Barbara's saying Bond in, in a Nehru jacket, but I thought that was what's what's his face, the latest villain. I thought that's what he was wearing. They're not bad, but why is it orange? 
I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the, the, the defining of our era. I wish I hadn't clicked that. I wish I hadn't clicked that. <laughs> or more like, I wish I hadn't Googled that. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I, you know, I should not have clicked that. I should not have clicked that. Yes. Said <laughs> said in the voice of Hagrid, only with I should not have clicked that. That was not something I... Google should have, like, a splash screen when you Google something you really shouldn't be Googling. And, like, ask, are you sure? Are you sure you want to go there? Just give you a moment to reconsider your choices. I no, actually... Like, I don't want to go there. I changed my mind. Yes, I do. I definitely want to see... No, I, I did Google not. Yesterday. Oh, it was... Um, suck your own cock and um i really was not disappointed <laughs> i had a, i have a couple of those gifts you, you that know. was before that podcast when that when that first came oh. out um i googled it um and um dude never ever google micro penis <laughs> that give that poor boy nightmares did you did you give him cookies <laughs> he cookies Go give him some cookies and some milk. That, that, that's that's a terrible actually, thing think, to do to a boy. That's a that's a brownie. Or a man. You know. mm-hmm. Or a woman or anybody. Uh, it's just not something, oh. you know. Yeah. As we've already established. It's just not a good idea. He did do it to himself, but, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, Bless his heart. That's just. Mm-hmm. The oh. jacket's fine. The orange is not fine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, no, I really have no idea for the record what I'm going to do for November. Um, but I'm not really uh, concerned since it's just like, you know, the first week of August. <clears throat> I've got plenty of time to harass Lady Holder and um, Jilly and Azure into um, looking at my ideas until I find something that, that works for me. I'm all for it. You know. It's, um, <coughs> I, so, I mean, I, for all the fact that I've got a folder and I've got some ideas, I guess, or at least the potential for ideas there, um, I have to figure out what's what's going to happen with this thing, you know, and how it's going to work and what what's going to happen in it. So, that's going to be some things for me. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> I'm going to finish up what I'm doing right now, and then I'll think about that. Oh well, Original Tempest knows what he's doing for November. It, it you're going to participate. That is a very tiny watermelon. Is that micromelon? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely thematic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Much better than yeah. the actual thing. I'm I much prefer <laughs> to see a micromelon than a micro penis. 
which makes me deeply uncomfortable. And I'm, you know, and I know that's probably terrible. And something is. I mean, I don't know what is it would be, but I'm sure it's something. It could be sexist. I don't know. Um, to, but I don't Sizes. find um, small penises attractive. Sizes. I'm willing to own that. I, um, as we've already oh. established. Dicks are little, cocks are big, and pricks are British. Uh huh. <laughs> that, that's orange. There's a reason why that's on a mannequin because no real woman would wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blizzy too. No, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. No, one. no, 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 no. I will not be nope, Googling Pat. that. Me either. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like some things box, I just don't want to apologize for that. <laughs> And micro anything is not really appropriate for me to look at on Google. If those are your circumstances, I'm I'm sorry. That sucks, dude. Maybe you can buy one. It won't be quite the same. But yeah. Better than nothing. Google is sometimes your deepest, most profound enemy. Uh, Google is a horror show that, that there's no controls over. <laughs> and that's the last word for the evening because we're down to 46 seconds. <laughs> you guys have a great evening, and we'll talk to you later. Say goodnight. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>